Good morning, everybody. I know a lot of you are kind of watching that Chosen series. I know Sue and I do. We enjoy that. And they've come up with a couple sayings that have really caught on. And, of course, they turn them into T-shirts and stuff, and <coughs> people buy them. And one of them... Uh, it was something that uh, the lady that plays Mary Magdalene that said in the movie, uh, she had these demons cast out of her, and someone, well, I guess in the context of that movie, uh, you know, doing a little plausible backstory, Nicodemus was uh, one who had previously tried to exercise the demons out of her and didn't work, and uh, later saw her completely different <clears throat> and he, so he thought maybe what he attempted to do earlier just took a little longer to kick in or something she said no it wasn't you but he said well what happened what you know and her response was I was one way once but she said now I am completely different and she said what happened in between was him. And the him is Jesus. Now, we know from the scripture, like in like Luke 8, verse 2, Mary Magdalene is identified as one whom the Lord cast out seven demons. Verse 2, Luke 8 and verse well, verse 1, it came to pass afterward he went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, and Mary called Magdalene, out of whom came seven demons. Seven demons. You know, that's one of the things you see... Uh, in the Gospels, when you read, well, actually the New Testament, the casting out of demons. Now we're talking these, this intelligent evil occupying a host, a human body. And obviously, like from this context here, it says that he cast seven demons out of her. And I mean, I've had some bad hangovers back in my past life and I'll tell you what I can't imagine being filled with seven demons uh, but when I look at Mark's context dealing with this guy uh, who also was demon possessed if you look in your scripture in Mark chapter 5 They were in the boat, about got overwhelmed with the bad storm, Jesus and the disciples, apostles. Verse 5, or sorry, chapter 5, verse 1. Then they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. No one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. The chains had been pulled apart by him. The shackles broken in pieces, neither could 
anyone tame him and always night and day he was in the mountain and in the tombs crying out cutting himself with stones and when he saw jesus from afar he ran and worshiped him and he cried with a loud voice and said what have i do to do with you jesus son of the most high god i implore you by god that you do not torment me and he said to him come out of that man unclean spirit and he asked him, what is your name? And he answered and said, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Or if you read Luke's context, the abyss. Now a large herd of swine were feeding there near the mountain. And so all the demons begged him, saying, send us into the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. And the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There was about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea, were drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled. And they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Then those who saw it told him how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine, and they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him however jesus did not permit him but said go home to your friends and tell them what great things the lord had done for you and how he had compassion on you and he departed and began to proclaim in decapolis all that jesus had done for him and all marveled a couple things if you read matthew's accounts the two men come out of the tombs demon possessed Really, simplest explanation, Mark is identifying one of the guys. Matthew identifies both of them. The bottom line is we're going to make a case here. We've all been there and done that. What is this and what's going on and what relevance does it have for us today? Today, this is some spooky stuff. I can't even imagine seeing what that looks like. Now, I remember as an EMT and some of you guys that are still running those medicals, I know you had in your training, just like I did, psychiatric emergencies, <laughs> okay? It's one thing to go out there on the medical emergencies, dealing with people's sicknesses and their accidents and all that kind of stuff, but you got to have training in the psychiatric emergencies, and that can get kind of spooky. You know, they used to tell us, you know, the, uh, what was it, the uh, neurotics dwell or dream of castles in the sky and the psychotics live in castles in the sky and if you go there and they're telling you they're hearing voices they used to tell us ask them what the voices are telling them because they will tell you and the, the voices might be telling them to kill you so you need to ask them if they say I'm hearing voices ask them what are the voices saying they'll tell you and, you know, I've been on a few of those calls. They're weird. Uh, I used to wonder about that, though. I used to think, is this demon possession? I remember one time just outside of Bellevue, they called us. They said, we're going to you know, need the ambulance out here. We might need some help. But don't go in that house. You stay outside till we get there. The police were coming. So I think it was four county cars and two state police. 
pulled up and they had a little conflab in the driveway, left all their guns in the car, and they said, we'll go in and make the first contact. You come in behind us. And if we can get him to calm down, go with us, you know, whatever, the guy's having a problem, then, uh, you know, if he'll come peacefully, we'll, we'll help get him secure and get him to the hospital. But if we have to, you know, if it, get, if it goes bad, we might need you to jump in. I think of the seven sons of Sceva, man, going around to cast out the demon out of this guy, and they try using this. We adjure you by the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, and the demon says, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? Bip! And beats him up, left him beaten and naked, chased him right out of the house. So here we go. So the police tried to talk to the guy, and he was agitated to the max, sitting at the table. All of a sudden, he hollered out, I'm Jesus Christ! And he jumped right up, and it was on, man. And, uh, you know, everybody's grabbing a leg or an arm, and finally got him all wrapped up and she tied down to the cot with these big straps and took him up to Lansing. I thought, man, what is that? The guy was strong, too. But you know, I think we can make a case. We really don't have demon possession, but we got something very similar still exists to this very day. It affects everybody. I can't, like I said, even imagine. Now it says that Mary, he cast seven demons. Now that might just be because that number seven means complete. <coughs> she might very well had her a legion as well. But you see, they need a host. Notice what they said when he was going to... They're scared to death of Jesus because they, it says they knew him. They knew who he was, that he was the son of the Most High God. They also knew he was the judge. That's why they, they, they were worried about getting cast into the abyss. Don't cast us into the... Have you come to torment us? Hey, there's some pigs over here. How about you let us go into the pigs? Now, they must really be afraid of something if going into a bunch of pigs is a good idea. Like if you had a choice. They wanted to go in the pigs. And then them pigs, it's... <laughs> I mean, even I guess pigs got some sense. The last thing they needed was demons in them. They freaked out, ran right down the sea and drowned. Imagine what them people thought. Do you imagine 2,000 pigs? I don't know how big some of these pig farms are around here, if they're even that big. How many did they used to have over to Murphy's? they have 2,000 pigs? Can't even, I mean, you know, sometimes you got to put a little flesh on these bones. You put yourself there and realize what's going on. Can you imagine what this, this was a possessing in a person? This demon, this evil, this darkness, and what it did to them pigs, and it freaked the people out too. In fact, they, apparently they were more scared looking at Legion when he was clothing in his right mind than even with all the stuff that just happened. Like, like I said from the movie, Mary said, I was one way once. 
But now I'm completely different. <laughs> I guess that guy, Legion, that's probably not his real name. That's a demon name. He said, we're many. His name was probably Smitty or something. <laughs> they were more afraid seeing him like that. That scared them. Begged Jesus to leave. They didn't know what to deal with, how to handle it. But you see, those demons need a host. And they, wanted to, they were willing to go into them, them pigs than into the abyss or into dry places. We're going to build on that just a little bit. Legion actually wanted to go with Jesus after he was clothed and in his right mind. Jesus said, no. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he's had compassion on you. You know, you feel compelled then. If God has done this, and he went to the capitalist, and man, he just began to blaze it abroad, man. You couldn't shut him up. After coming out of what he was in. But you know, when I look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it tells us that you know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse uh, 9. Do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? It ain't happening. Do not be deceived. Not fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, or sodomites, or thieves, or covetous, or drunkards, or revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed. There's your immersion. You were sanctified. That means set apart for God's purposes. You were justified. means declared not guilty in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You know, see, we've all been there and done that. We were all walking according to the course of this world. I'm just turning to Ephesians 2. Writing to Christians, Paul says here in Ephesians chapter 2, and you, you Christians, you from Ephesus, he made you alive because you was dead. And what? Trespasses and sins. That's what separates a human from God. Trespasses and sins. In which he once was walking according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit who now, now works in the sons of disobedience. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Were by nature the children of wrath. Just as others. On the road, on that highway to hell, man. Like a rocket sled on rails. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we was dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. <clears throat> Come to me, you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, Jesus said. You'll find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. <clears throat> the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
You start out innocent as a child, as a baby, as a child, as a young person. But eventually what happens, and Paul said it happened to me, he was alive apart from the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, he said, I died. He came to accountable age when his eyes opened to know good and evil. Boom, he said, immediately, shot through the grease, took a hit. You can't fix yourself now. You can't save yourself. Now you need redeemed, to be redeemed. You need redemption. You need a redeemer. Enter Jesus from the foundation of the world, the lamb slain. No other sacrifice would be acceptable to a holy God than the blood of the Son of God. Not angels, not some other human being. Nope. The Apostle Paul was, well, Saul of Tarsus, Acts 26 is where I'm going. Acts 26. Saul of Tarsus was a Jewish Pharisee, zealous for the law, dressed to the nines, religiously speaking, but going 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction, persecuting the early church. He was a Jewish Pharisee, uh, and he thought this thing he was hearing, this Christianity, uh, this sect of the Nazarenes was a cult was a cult. So he was trying to stomp it out. So again, he was confused. But when he was blinded, he had letters to go get more Christians and bring them to prison. So he was on the road to get more of these so-called Christians of the sect of the Nazarene. All of a sudden, he was blinded by a, a sun, a light shining brighter than the noonday sun. Fell to the ground, heard a voice, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the goats. Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. I have a mission for you. Stand on your feet. I've appeared to you for this purpose. I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. I'm going to send you to the nations. Acts 26 and 18 now. To open their eyes. This is what I want you to do. I want you to open their eyes. In order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness for their sins and receive an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So just like we saw in Ephesians chapter 2, we've all walked according to the course of this world. We were all following that intelligent evil. We didn't know any better. And even when you do know or you try, you're too weak to stop. What the law could not do, why? Weakness of the flesh. God's good and holy just law couldn't produce a people to keep it. Anyone that reads Romans 7, now you've got to understand the context of Romans 7 when Paul talked about not doing the thing, you know, I find myself doing things I shouldn't be doing and not doing what I should be doing. That is Saul of Tarsus. That's the Apostle Paul speaking in a historical present tense, referring to what it was like when he was in the flesh under the law. Good and holy just as the law was, he tried to keep it with everything he possessed and said, I cannot find how to perform that which is good. I find another law warring in my members, bringing me into the captivity of the law of sin, which is in my members. Wretched man that I am. 
He said, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Ah, but now he switches gears. Now it's Christian, Romans 8. There is no condemnation now to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That's not Jewish. That's Christian. Shifted gears. So understand Romans 6, 7, and 8 in context. I don't want to go off into that, but you got to understand. There's no contradiction in the scripture. you got to rightly divide the word of truth. Who's speaking? Who's he speaking to? And what's the time dispensation? Was it his B.C. or his A.D.? You, we all have a B.C. That means a before Christ in our own personal lives. And before Christ, you was walking according to the course of this world. You was following the intelligent evil, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. <clears throat> but see, that's not a demon possession. <laughs> that's the big demon. Nobody's going to escape that. See, one of the reasons why I say it's not the demon possession, those spirits are driven out of the land in Ezekiel, sorry, Zechariah 13, when the Christ came. Here's the deal. You see in the Bible, some of those demon possessed were children. They ain't happening. And besides, if there was demon possession today, the, the cure is not getting some Jewish exorcist or somebody else to cast that demon out of you. All you got to do is hear the gospel, repent of your sin, and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because that's what happens when you're baptized into Christ, according to the scripture. If you got a demon in there, and he sees you heading into that water, he's going to be getting his hat, man. He's going to get out of that body because the Holy Spirit is what it says comes into your body. When you're immersed into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, Peter said, you received the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if there's a demon in there, <clears throat> he's getting out in a great big hurry. So there's your cure for that demon possession. But guess what? It also breaks the, the, the bonds, the chains that Satan had on you. Now what he doesn't want you to realize is that you've been set free because he's still working the fleshly side of the street. He did not go away, but now his power is broken. But he does not want you to realize that. He doesn't want you to realize that. And he wants you back. He wants you back. You got to remember this. There's two things once you become a Christian that Satan cannot allow. He'll, he'll try everything he can to stop it now. One, he doesn't want you to go through the metamorphosis of change, that you have a potential now. Just like a new baby, like a human baby, a, a human baby has all the parts and pieces, you know, uh, has a whole new potential, but the baby does not realize he has a whole new potential. You know, I've said before, gee whiz, the Queen of England was a baby once. Do you think she knew she was going to be the Queen of England when she was a child? No. But gee whiz, what, she was the Queen of England for 70 years. See, people have a potential that they don't realize. Well, you've got a whole lot of potential as a new creation in Christ Jesus. Paul said, if anyone is in Christ. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
All things have become new. If you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, former things passed away. Now you still look the same. You might live in the same house, might work in the same spot, maybe still drive the same car. So when he says all things have become new, former things passed away, what's he talking about? Your potential, your new potential. Just like a newborn physical baby, a brand new spiritual baby has a whole new potential. But Satan does not want you to realize that, to go through that transformation process, because now through your faith that moves mountains, even a little, little faith, you know, small as a mustard seed, Jesus said, could move a mountain. And the power of the Holy Spirit for transformation through the renewing of your mind. You put off concerning your former conduct now, Paul said. Don't walk as you used to walk when you was a Gentile, Ephesians 4.17. Uh-uh. Put off concerning that former conduct, that old man. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on that new man, created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. But Satan is now your adversary big time. 1 Peter 5 tells us in 1 Peter 5, Peter says very plainly, who's he writing to? Christians, what does he say? Verse 8, 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, Christian, vigilant, Christian, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You know, we need to take it from him. I'm Apostle Peter, speaking by the Holy Spirit, of course. All scripture is inspired by God. So Peter ain't just giving us his two cents worth of good advice. He knows exactly what he's talking about. And he has personal experience. I'm just to turn real quick here to Luke uh, 22. In Luke chapter 22, Jesus said something to Simon Peter. He said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you now that your faith does not fail. And when you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. What does he mean when you've returned to me? You know, Peter denied Jesus three times that he even knew who the heck he was. And boy, when he realized what he just did, he went out and wept bitterly. I mean, he must have had the shock of his life that he could do that after three years. This is serious business. Real serious business. That rocked him right back on his heels. Jesus knew that was going to happen. Peter had some struggles. He did, even later. And the Apostle Paul had to come slap him upside the head in Galatians chapter 2 because he was being hypocrite according to the truth of the gospel, not walking uprightly. You read that in Ephesians chapter 2, or Galatians, sorry, uh, chapter 2. I, I got a feeling uh, the angels were holding their breath, man, looking at those two apostolic heavyweights, man, standing toe-to-toe. The Apostle Peter had the keys of the kingdom, and the Apostle Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, the whole rest of the world. 
And he called him on the carpet, man, rebuked him publicly right in front of everybody. Now, Peter obviously didn't cop a bad attitude because when you look in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, he talks about the apostle Paul and his epistles and the wisdom that was given to him. And he commended the apostle Paul because of what, how God worked through him. So Peter didn't cop an attitude and quit the church. So Peter had some challenges. So when Jesus said, he's asked for you, Peter, to sift you as wheat. But I prayed that, what? Your faith doesn't fail. Why didn't Jesus just say, but I'm going to keep my eye on you, Peter. And if the devil tries to get you, man, I'm going to swoop down. I'll punch him out for you. Thanks, Lord. That's not exactly how that went. What did Jesus say? I prayed for you. That'd be important, wouldn't it? Can you imagine Jesus personally praying to you, to his father? For you personally? About something that's about ready to happen? You think that'd be a pretty effective prayer, wouldn't you? If Jesus himself said, I'm praying for you. But he said, I've prayed for you, Peter. Your faith, your, your faith doesn't fail you. Because see, Peter didn't lose his free will and neither did you. And neither did I. God has still set before us good and evil, life and death. We need to choose life if we're going to live. Our faith is what keeps us preserved. I didn't read that, but right there in 1 Peter chapter 1. We have an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, doesn't fade away, reserved in heaven for you, 1 Peter 1, 4, who are kept, here we are, here we are kept, by what? The power of God. Well, that sounds good. Through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. What? I got this inheritance. It's reserved for me. Got my name on it. And I'm being kept by the power of God. But then it says through faith. <laughs> through faith. Uh-oh. What do I mean, uh-oh? Well, that's the weak link in the chain, man. Because the faith is my part. The power part's God's part. I know I've said before, there's a reason they don't put screen doors in submarines. You know the whole thing about a weak link in a chain. You can get this massive... You know, on some of them ships, I remember being on those ships, man, they got links and chains. Gee whiz, it depends on the size of the ships, but I don't think you could pick a link up on some of them, ship off the ground by yourself. You wouldn't want a link in that chain that was made out of rope. As many times you might want to wrap the rope, you can't have a chain like that with, a, with something weak. Kept by the power of God, but then through faith. Reserved in heaven for us. Peter, Jesus told him, I've prayed for you that what? Your faith doesn't fail you. So how did Peter say to resist this intelligent evil that is our adversary? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil's walking around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, now Peter tells us, resist him, steadfast in the faith. Faith is power, man, but it's also our part. Jesus said to some that followed him, including his apostles, Oh, ye of little faith, have you no faith? Where is your faith? Uh, 
in Revelation chapter 12, it says the dragon makes war with us now. Remember, I said he didn't go away just because you became a Christian. He's got two things he's got to stop you from doing. One, going through the transformation process so that you'll conform to the image of the Son of God. He doesn't want you to put on that whole armor of God. I guess I didn't read that yet. Uh, in order to stand. If you go to Revelations 12, go ahead, stick your hand there, but then go right back to Ephesians 6. That was supposed to be the next verse. Ephesians 6, the Apostle Paul writing to the Christians, and he says in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Now put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're not fighting the Chinese here, Putin. But against principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against a spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly or the spiritual places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to still be standing. Stand having girded your waist with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, which will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You don't need all, you need all that to come on down here to church, sing songs out of the songbook, all that armor. Why does he describe the Christian? You better be outfitted. That he did not go away. He had you once, and he wants you back. And he's got to keep you from going through that transformation process, and he has to shut your mouth. That dragon that stood ready to destroy that child as soon as it was born, Revelation chapter 12, verse 4, stood before the woman, ready to devour her child. As soon as it was born, she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with the rod of iron. The child was caught up to God in his throne. That's Christ ascending to the right hand of the, of the majesty on high. Then it says that that dragon was cast out. It said, war broke out in heaven in verse 7. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought, but they didn't prevail, nor was there a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was of that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth. His angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice, John says, saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him, the saints, overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. Why? Because the devil's come down to you having great wrath. Why? Because he knows he has but a short time. Now the dragon, when the dragon saw he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. Verse 17 said the dragon was enraged with the woman, the church, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. That's who he's after. Those who keep the commandments of God, those who have the testimony of Jesus. 
He's got to keep you from going through that transformation process. He is your adversary. And he has got to keep your mouth shut. In other words, from going out and seeking and saving the lost and preaching the good news to other people. Because if they become also born again and added to the church, they become, as Peter describes, a living stone that's fitted into the temple matrix. That is what's driving the second coming of the Lord. It's not a day on a calendar, but it is completion. Completion of what? The temple, the, the spiritual temple. Paul describes to the Christians, you know, the Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the Jews. Those that were nigh and fellow citizens in the household of God and built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets and Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, he said, in which the whole building is fitted together as a spiritual dwelling place for God in the spirit. We're living stones, Peter said. So he said, go bring them in from the east and the west and the north and the south to sit down in the kingdom of heaven with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's what's going on. The devil's got to keep you from doing that. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 2.18, Therefore we want to come, uh, come to you, even I, Paul, time and again. But he said, Satan hindered us. Hindered us. He says, who hindered them? For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God, which are in Judea in Christ Jesus. For you suffered the same thing from your own countrymen as they did from the Judeans, who killed the Lord Jesus. And their own prophets have persecuted us, and they do not please God. They're contrary to all men. They are forbidding us to speak to Gentiles that they may be saved. So always to fill up the measure of their sins and wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. That's how Satan hindered them by this persecution. <clears throat> Don't expect to see the devil jump out of the bushes wearing a red suit with a pitchfork and horns. He is our adversary. You see, we were one way once. But now we're completely different because we've been called out of that darkness and into the marvelous light. And if you look at it this way, you escaped. You escaped. You, you turned from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, and he wants you back. Wants you back. I want to do some lessons, maybe more on this, talking about... Jesus makes it clear when the evil spirit goes out of the land, it goes in dry places, seek, or out of the man, it goes to dry places seeking rest. And finding none, says, I know what I'll do, I'll go back from whence I come. He comes back, he finds that place, that man, empty, his he's, uh, house is swept, put in order, moves in with seven other demons, worse than himself. It says the second state of that man is worse than the first. He didn't go away, he wants back in there. And he'll come back, check it out. And if he finds a way to get in, he will. And then Jesus says, and this is what's important, and so shall it be with this generation. That's what's happened in this country. 
that was Christ and it was, a, it was Christianity going forward that changed the world, including this country and our foundation. But long time ago, since at least the 60s, we have willfully, deliberately cast out God, out of the public discourse, out of the square, out of our schools, out of our lives, and we've allowed all the things that were the old gods of the Old Testament were all about. And we have allowed it all back in spades. That's why Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, will he really find faith on the earth? The Bible says, that, and Paul said, you know, the Lord is not coming back in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 until the great falling away occurs. See, that, those demons, when they're pushed out, they'll come back and see if there's a way to come in. They come in with a vengeance seven times worse, and that's what's actually happening in our nation right now and around the world. We'll talk more about that. Thanks for your attention this morning.